Hey man, if you guys uh, have been with us, you know we're in the book of Psalms. But if you're new to tuning in and seeking God with us, then I want to just catch you up on what we've been doing. We have been in the book of Psalms, and the title of our series is The Soundtrack of a Godly Life. We use that, that title because usually a soundtrack is something musically that accompanies a movie. The movie might have all types of different moods and different paces and different highs and lows. And so the soundtrack will have different music to accompany the highs and lows of the movie. The book of Psalms is actually 150 songs, S-O-N-G-S, that are written so that we can do two things. One, so that we can connect our emotions because we are emotional people. We are people that move and have our being. We feel stuff. But it's so that in feeling stuff, we can connect it to a holy God. The Psalms give us instruction for how to channel our emotion in a way that still honors God. And so you won't find just one type of psalm. Actually, within the 150 chapters, there's six, sometimes people say eight, but at least six different types of psalms. You have hymns, laments, songs of thanksgiving, songs of confidence, songs of divine kingship and wisdom songs. And today we are going to be looking at a divine kingship psalm. And that's simply a psalm that seeks to celebrate God and his kingdom authority. So would you, would you pray with me? Would you join me as we dive into God's word today? Lord, I thank you for Mike's prayer. But I come before you personally asking that you would move me so your people would be fed from your word by your spirit. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I was 15 and excited to get my, my learner's driving permit, or what we called them back home was our temps. Get your temporary driver's license. And so my dad had this, this I think it was a Park Ave, but a 1988 Park Ave. I think it was longer than the Titanic. That big boy was long, and that's what I learned to drive on. And so I remember he gave me this word of advice when I first started driving. Got both hands on the steering wheel. I'm nervous. He looks over at me and he sees the way I'm driving. And while I'm driving, I'm staring at the lines on the road. And as I'm staring at the lines on the road, the lines are going like this. And our car is right upon those lines. And my dad says, son, don't, don't look at the lines. Look at the middle of the road. Focus on the middle. Focus where you want the car to go, and you'll be all right. That, that, that kind of ability to not put my eye on the lines, but actually focus my attention towards centering to where I want to go, is, is kind of the celebration posture that we're going to receive from the psalm today as we understand 
what God wants us to focus on. Turn with me, please, to Psalm chapter 93. Psalm chapter 93, and we're going to be going to be encouraged today from from God's word and have a little bit more clarity of what God wants us to focus on. Psalm 93, and it's just uh, a few a few verses. It says the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. The flood mightier than the thunders. Excuse me, my page got off a little bit. Mightier than the thunders, uh, mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Forevermore. The Lord reigns. This, this title reigns is is one that uh, we don't hear super often, but it helps us understand God's royal dominion, his, his rule, his, the extent of what he is, has authority over and what he has control of. His royal dominion is, is how you would come to understand God's reign. And so we get three simple words that kick off us understanding his reign. And that is just simply that it is that the Lord reigns. And it's sometimes difficult for us to wrap our minds around it because we we as Americans come from a very democratic approach to authority, like like from your block club leader. To your president they all are supposed to represent you. You are supposed to have some say in appointing them. But see, God all, he, 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 he did not get his point or his office because of man's declaration. No, his reign, his royal dominion exists without us having any say so in it. And so first and foremost, this declaration is one that God is above who we are as people. And so when he states his reign, he's saying I'm in control of everything. Not just some things, not just things that we like to give God control over. No, God is in control and has rule over everything. And so that rule is extended to the earth. It's extended to the heavens. It is extended unto his people. And it is similar to that of, of, of a child. A child, if, if you had a good relationship with your uh, parental guardian or your parents, a child will see a toy and the child will say, mommy and daddy or daddy and auntie, auntie and uncle, whoever it is, can you get this for me? They believe that that this person that loves them can provide. 
But on the other hand, when a child is is at home and they're they're scared because of thunder and lightning is is going crazy outside, they'll run into the arms of their mom or their dad because they know that their parent protects them. They see the the provision as well as the protection. And God in his reign has both in his grasp, in his hands, where he is able to do it all. And so when we hear phrases like what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7, we hear these verses. These verses should bring us joy because it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. It's good news to know that our God reigns, is in control of everything. But here are some more expressions of what that reign looks like. Continue in in just verse one. He is robed in majesty, robed in majesty. I need you to see the imagery that's trying to be built here, robed in majesty. Uh, We kind of understand like the concept of of people that are important kind of like look important, you know? A, a, a person that's somewhat of a celebrity, you might see him with, with a driver. Uh, you might see him even with a bodyguard. Uh, they get big balling status. They might have a motorcade that rolls in, shuts down the streets for them. So, so we understand that there's like cultural things that almost signify when people are important and and we do it in all cultures. It might be uh, the big house in the suburbs. It might be the big rims in the hood. Like whatever, we have certain things that like demonstrate kind of our importance. Well, in the ancient Near East culture, back, back in the day of the writers of Psalms, in the day when David and, and his colleagues and those that were uh, helping write the Psalms were living, the, 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 the garment of importance was a robe. And the way you knew the person that was actually the most ball in person in the room was how their robe was adorned, how fancy, how nice, what things decorated their robe. And so God is letting you know, first I reign, I'm in control of everything, I have on this robe, and I'm going to tell you two things that are, that are on the robe. First, on this robe is majesty. Majesty. Majesty is, 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 is something that grabs your attention and, and hooks you in in a royal manner. It is, it is so beautiful that you are like almost just like, awestruck like like this is what decorates the robe of our God who reigns this is what 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 
covers him and he's almost saying, I know in this world there's all types of competing gods that's trying to grab your attention, saying they in control of stuff, saying they running stuff, trying to get your allegiance. But baby, pause for a second. I reign. And if we are comparing who is of the most importance in the room, check out my robe. Majestic in its nature. But not only that, the, the robe is also, continue with me in verse 1, the Lord reigns, he is robed in majesty, the Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Strength as his belt. So now on display is beauty as well as strength, meaning that he can do whatever. There is nothing that is outside of his power. And then he helps you understand what that looks like practically. You want to see a display of my reign? You want to see why strength accompanies who I am? Compare me to any other God. I bet you they don't have these two things on their checklist. I bet you they don't have that I established the world and that it shall never be moved. Meaning that I created all things, this world by which everything exists on. I, the Lord who reigns, created it and I sustain it. It continues to move forward because it has its moving and being in me. I am the one who makes sure that it'll never be moved. And so you and so you see just even in one verse. The kingdom kingly nature of God saying, no, 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 don't. Don't put me in the camp with any other gods. I'm the one and only. I'm the only one deserving of this role of the God who reigns because I'm the only one that has created all things out of my majestic nature, out of the strength and power that I possess. And I continue to sustain this world. And so we begin to understand some of the some of the the verses that communicate this in a different posture that we find in psalms just a few chapters forward in psalms chapter 90 verse 2 it says simply our god is from everlasting to everlasting like 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 while this world was created within Time and it is being sustained by our God in time. God steps outside of time and has always reigned and always will reign. Or, or, or other uh, glimpses into the character of God that you see in Revelations chapter, chapter 1, verse 8. He always reigned. Always was, always is. And now it says, uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. 
So first, we've got to be able to, to, to understand the kingly way that God describes himself. That he describes himself. And what, and, and what this is all doing is leading towards a simple question. What would you need to see in order for you to put your hope in this king? Like, like what aspects of his character does he need to communicate? What, is, what does he need to show you to say, this is who I am, for you to be able to say, yes, I'd be willing to put my hope in that. I'd be willing to put my trust in that. I'd be willing to actually focus on that God. You see, these different aspects of him describing his character is all a kingly celebration of God. I want to continue to show you in some some of the ways that that happens. Because I, I know we all struggle with trust in different ways. Some of us like like can have like blind trust and some of us need to like see some examples to help encourage our trust. You know, some of us are like, 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 you know, the, the, the folks that might ride the bus. You ride the bus, you know, you get the schedule, you stand out there, you just believe that the bus is going to come. You don't know when, you don't see it, and hey, bus coming, I trust it's going to happen, that's why I'm out here. And, that, and that's some of the level of some people's trust. Some other people, though, might be a little bit more sedity. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Maybe you do your Uber, you do your Lyft, and you might, you know, need a ride, but you need to see that thing coming down the street, almost at the crib. Okay, now I'm going to go outside. Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, judging what each person's trust and faith. Some, sometimes, Lord, we need a little bit of umph, a little bit of boost to, like, take our faith to that next level. And I, and I, and I believe God responds to each person's need accordingly to their faith accordingly to their need to, to be empowered in their trust. I think the Spirit fills us to that end so that we can have more and more trust in him. But he's trying to communicate, first, look at who I am. Is, is creating the world enough? Is sustaining it enough? Is, 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 is me being adorned with majesty and reigning over all things enough? See, if that's not enough, it's going to be very tough for you to have faith. Because if you don't believe in some of the core elements of who God is saying that he is, then it's going to be tough for you to trust him. So continue with me. Because this, this God, I believe he speaks and he, he, he shows us some of his past victories. He blesses us and lets us experience past victories so we can use those to encourage us in our faith and give us a little bit of trust. But sometimes he just gives us his word and just says, not based on experience for this one. I just need you to trust and believe what I say is true. I love that we we get from the Bible, we get a, a snapshot into into like the whole being of God. So we might get your 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 Moses experiences of of of, you know, 
conquering Pharaoh and we look back and say, man, look how God was with his people. But then we get our future experiences like like Revelations 19. I love that song that I think Carrie Joby, one of my sisters, be jamming on. But Revelations 19, verse 6, it tells us about a future party that's going to happen where we are celebrating and praising the Lord and it, and it says simply, then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord our God almighty reigns. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you understanding of the king. That's all this psalm is trying to do. It's trying to say, here is who the king is is, will you trust him? Will you trust him? Now, understanding that he is worthy of your trust, continue on with me in verse 3. Verse 3 says, The floods have lifted, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up they're roaring. The, uh, there's a commentator from the uh, Africa Bible Commentary. He says that uh, writers during this time saw the ocean very differently than we do. Yes, today we got submarines. We build houses right on the ocean. Uh, many of you, your whole hope is to get a vacation so you can go be by the water, enjoy yourself at the ocean, games and all these types of things, but not in this day, not in this era. In this era, the ocean was one of the most feared things you can imagine. No Titanics. Imagine very small boats, and when a small boat sinks, it just leaves your vision. Like, you, you no longer see it, and you don't know where it goes. Like, the ocean in this era was not something that seemed joyous, fun. The ocean was actually quite terrifying. Add to the ocean waves that can hit hard and smack against rocks, making rough rocks smooth. Add storms that seem uncontrollable where one day I'm at the ocean and it seems calm and 30 minutes later there are waves that are going off. So when you hear this, see it as the writer saying, the floods have lifted up. Like, like these things that are countering who I am, challenging me, things that are potential dangers, things that can be harmful are lifted up and they're lifted their voices, meaning it's more and more intense. It's getting louder. And so this fear, this uncertainty, this worry is increasing as the waves get bigger and bigger and bigger and begin to seem like they will be crashing upon thee. 
it brought me to to a, a a few topics that have been taking place in recent in recent times. Uh, just to be honest with y'all, I I I thought we were getting better. I thought our I thought our COVID numbers were getting better, and I know that uh, the the doctors told us, hey. This first wave is going to be heavy, but then there's going to be a second wave. But if I can be honest, because the numbers went down, I kind of didn't believe them. Not saying I was out kicking it with people. Hey, no mask doing my thing yet. No, still trying to be masked up, doing what I'm supposed to. But I'm just, I kind of thought it was going to be cool. And then, like, we, we just get, what, yesterday, the day before, most cases in the nation, like, just just happened like more more than more cases than before had happened in a and I think in a single day or something. Y'all gonna correct me, help me out, doctors. But but I know the numbers surge like crazy. And I'm thinking, man, like it feels like another wave as as I've been blessed to have a family that I love, that loves me, that cares for me. But I'm I was hoping they'd be able to do something outside of my home hoping to be able to bless them with some fun activities, hoping they'd be able to see their friends again and be in their presence beyond being like across the street, hoping to kick it. Feels like a, another, another wave. I'm one of the, one of the foolish ones. I, I, I actually, like, I just thought foolishly that the George Floyd stuff couldn't happen. I like I I I thought okay we had Tamir Rice, a Tatiana Jefferson, Botham Jean, Ahmad Arbery, like like the names right got crazy, got crazy, crazy. But we had we thankfully somebody had a video to Ahmad Arbery. And so what I thought was yes injustice is gonna continue but I thought, man, it is so out there right now because of cameras. Like, folks are on their guard. Even if they do something, they're going to, like, sneak a punch in and, and be like, no, we cool, we ain't do nothing. Like, but to be, like, videotaped and continue to, like, behave like you're not, like, it just whew, waves waves and then I'm trying to like step into the world of, of other people and I'm thankful for sisters and brothers who brought this to my attention but like you know African-American community have been saying stuff and speaking out against these police brutality injustice for some time but my, my, my one of my brothers you know shared with me some of the journey of protests that's been happening almost since last year in China, you know, in, in, in Hong Kong. And I'm trying to, like, learn more about that journey. And, like, it, it just is it's jacked up, man, the way people are being treated. And, and I'm seeing, like, waves, the waves of, like, Lord, this seems uncertain. It's not like everything's just getting smooth and better. It's like, Changes in policies continue to show the value or lack of value of people. 
I'm watching families that are like what I think is encouraged to be together more often because of COVID. But I'm seeing some families struggle with that where there were issues that were not really uh, addressed now because you're together all the time, those things are blowing up. And we're seeing wave after wave, y'all. And I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by this because God is wanting you and I, he is wanting us to look at his word as saying, but do you trust me? But am I king? Do you think because the pain of these things are happening that I no longer keep the world? Do you think that peace, that joy, that some sense of actually arriving cannot happen? Because it's out of my power? The same powerful God that created all things. And so listen to verse four. One and two declared who he is. Verse three helped you understand the 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 reality of the person that's writing this, which is my world leads me to question the trust that I have in thee because of the waves that are coming at me. These waves seem so big. Listen to how the king responds. Verse four, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. In other words, compare it to me. Compare that issue and ask yourself, is it greater than me? Is it bigger than me? Is it, does it have the ability to create the world? Or maybe it, you think it might have the ability to stop the existence of the world. No, no. So if that's the case, will you trust me? Will you worship me? Will you hold me in the kingly place that I deserve, but not simply because of who I am, but also because of how I act? Look back in history. You will see how I have acted. I have been a father to the fatherless. I have been a rescuer to those in need. I have been a savior to those who need to be saved. And there will be a day of rejoicing for all that will be coming. But I also act now. A mightier than the thunders of many waters. I don't care about those waves. In comparison to my nature, in comparison to who I am, a mightier, let me have it. I know that pain is real. I know that struggle is real. But would you let me 
be mightier than that pain. Let me be bigger than that problem. I've been uh, finding myself reading uh, narratives of slaves and their faith because uh, um, I've been asking myself, like, how did people overcome odds in, that just seem insurmountable? And uh, I, I, there was a, uh, a song that uh, black people would sing on plantations before church and after it. Because see, uh, um, the slave masters would bring in certain uh, pastors that would like reinforce some uh, unhealthy doctrine. But they would sing beforehand, steal away, Lord, steal away. And they would sing afterwards, steal away, Lord, steal away. And that would let everybody know that tonight we're going to have a real church service. The church service that if you were caught, you could be beaten or killed for going to. But it don't matter. And what would happen is at night at these services, people who had worked all day would then, like physical labor all day, would at night preach and pray almost through the night and then get up and work another entire day. Their environment seemed insurmountable. What they were trusting God for seemed so unthinkable and not even, couldn't even be imagined. But in the midst of that, they trusted and believed that God was mightier than the thunders of many waters. And they kept singing him, praising him and revering him as king. Don't you let a situation take away the place where you hold your God. Pain is real. Grief is real. But our God wants to enter into that and be with us. And he says, continuing to hold me in the right place and trusting that I can care for you in your pain is what I'm asking. Will you trust me? And so verse five even says that word. It says your decrees are very trustworthy. Your holiness befets your house O Lord, forevermore, your decrees are very trustworthy. If you said it, we can believe it. If you've stated it, God, we can trust it. If you communicate it, we can live by it. There's no situation that you are going through that God cannot enter in and be with you where he can show and display his kingdom posture. It is a part of his character. I am not saying that because he is in the midst of going through it with you, that everything's going to get all good. I'm not saying that life becomes easy. What I am saying, though, 
is that even in the midst of some of the most challenging situations, he's still worthy of being praised and still worthy of pursuing through preaching, through prayer, through time with him, through loving him and through trusting him. I, I, I still don't know. I still don't know how my mom got me to do it. I was I was always a a child that would uh, enjoy the water. I always enjoyed splashing around stuff, sprinkler, whatever. But uh, somehow they they told me this concept of floating. And and floating is total opposite of everything in your being. I mean, you get into the pool. The water is often, at least for me, I remember my experience. The water was like at my chin. I'm just trying to stay stay above the water. And then what they say is lay on your back and just kick your feet up. Now, to me as a child, that's the scariest thing I could imagine doing in any type of water. Is to just lay back. Do you what? Lay back. But I trusted the person giving the instruction. Because they started by, by holding me. Okay, lay back. And then they released me. And lo and behold, I've been able to float in a pool, <laughs> been able to float in a pond, been able to float in a lake, been able to float in an ocean before. Like, 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 like this thing that, that seems so scary and so foreign, but when you actually pause and do it because you trust the one who is instructing you, it's actually something that can be life-saving. Family, don't you let pain and uncertainty and worry steal away God's desire to give you instruction, to care for you and to love you and to save you. You see, if you're a person that does not know God and does not walk with Jesus, then everything we are talking about actually is all secondary because you are in need of a savior and you may not realize it. But right now at this moment, you are spiritually drowning. You are are living a life that is not honoring and glorifying God, you are actually saying to him, I don't believe you reign. You're not in control. Guess who's actually in control? I am. And so if, if, if that is where you sit today, we invite you as a church. I humbly ask you as a pastor, don't stay there. Today, say, Lord, forgive me. I have wronged you. I have lived my life reigning in your place. I submit my life to you and acknowledge that you reign 
and you died so that I might live. See, that type of prayer starts you today moving forward, able to trust God, knowing that he is in control and not simply that he's in control, that even in the midst of what you see, he has your good. He has our good even in the midst of scary, rough, difficult, painful things. He has our good in mind. But if you are a person that that is walking with Jesus today and, and you know that he is your king, then I ask, where is your focus? Are you focused on the lines in the road? Does the situations, the fears, the drama, the pain have your primary focus in life? Or are you focused on the king? Not saying that those things don't matter and that they become irrelevant because you love Jesus. No, it's just that through focusing on Jesus you now are able to see those things in the proper light. They don't take the direction of your life and hijack it. You are focused on the king, and the king empowers you to deal with those situations. That is our call. That is our sanctified challenge as we look at this divine psalm, this divine kingly psalm. I invite you to grow in godliness as well as accepting Christ as your Savior. Pray with me. Lord, may we be willing to lean back and let go. May we be willing, Lord, for you to use us. But first and foremost, Lord, submit to you, give our lives to you, and then trust you Let us trust you, Lord, that you are a king worth giving our attention and our time to and that our focus will be upon you. Holy Spirit, empower us to do so. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.